0: happy that you could be with us on this Sunday morning. Uh, I'm Pastor Dan Lewis, and I'm here filling in for uh, Pastor David and Scarlett, who are taking a much-needed break, and uh, trust everyone had a good Christmas yesterday. And uh, for those of you who are, might be joining us online, you are just in time to join us with our as we honor the Lord with our uh, tithes and offerings. So... Uh, Amen, amen. And if you'd like to, to participate with us in this, the information should be there on your screen. You can give by credit card, PayPal, and of course, you can always come right here to 2205 Arcadia, Arcadia Road in Holiday, Florida, and bring your offering in person. Scripture I'd like to share with you right now is in Malachi chapter 3, and uh, verse 10 and 11. And it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord. Isn't that it? He says, check this out. See if this doesn't work. He says, try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the, for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. That's a good blessing. Amen. Uh, and verse 11 says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. Wow, it gets better. Rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. This is a wonderful promise for us. And again, I always remind us that it's about the heart. You 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 read this, It's it's the word of God. And it's true, but we need to receive it, believe it. So, uh, Father, we just thank you as we receive this offering, Father, that, uh, Lord, we're giving with a, with a good heart, Lord, to honor you and to bless you. And, Father, we just thank you that uh, your word is true, and, and it will be poured out to us, uh, good major pressed down, shaken together, and running over, men will give to us. Thank you, Father, for returning to us a hundredfold what we give with our hearts in Jesus name amen amen um just a reminder that there will be no service this wednesday uh, a lot of people are gone and uh, still in the middle of the the holidays i guess christmas is over so happy holidays is okay now but it kind of irks me when we hear uh happy holidays when it's christmas merry christmas Okay. So I'll just get that off my chest right now. So, yeah, amen. Merry Christmas. And, uh, hope you did have a good Christmas. We did some of our traditional Christmas things. We, we watched It's a Wonderful Life again for the 300th time, you know. Uh, there's another one that we, we found out about a, a few years ago. It's a, it's an old, uh, Cary Grant movie, The Bishop's Wife. And I don't know if you've seen that. It's it's a Christmas type. It's kind of a uh, it's a Wonderful Life type thing uh, where Cary Grant is an angel. Uh, and and again, you know, Marty was talking about angels in the prayer time before the service started. Uh, angels are not people that died and became angels. Okay, angels are created beings. Okay, they're still cute movies, but you know, you got to keep that in mind. Sometimes when you when you learn more about the Word of God, it kind of changes some things for you. Like Christmas, you know, you see the, the nativity scene, and I try not to be too critical of it. But the wise men and the shepherd were were not all there at the same time. Okay, right. uh, they they were separate. In fact, it, it says uh, the the wise men came into the house where the where the young child was. Young child, not necessarily a baby anymore. Anyway, that wasn't part of the message, but I'm I'm just kind of venting right now. So <laughs> anyway, uh, the title of the message that, that I have for today is "Let Us Not Grow Weary in Well Doing." Or another way we could say it, we're facing another year. We need to get ready for it. We're we're just we're moving from uh, the end of one year, moving into another year, and uh, you know a lot of people had a hard time with the last two years, and they're not really all that keen about what might be ahead in 2022. That's even hard to say, 2022. Uh, but, you know, we've had lockdowns, we've had mandates, we've had the president of the United States telling us what an awful winter this is going to be, that there are going to be a lot of people dying, and if you, uh, if you haven't been vaccinated, you're probably going to die and you'll probably kill a lot of people on the way. And so what we did when we heard that, we negated that right away with the word of God. Because that's not what we believe. Now I, you know, listen, I am not against vaccines. If you, if you have peace about being vaccinated, that's fine. That's not the point I want to make here. Uh, but those, those words are not lining up with what the word of God says so we we confess the word of god over all of that uh for example uh, no weapon formed against me can prosper because the greater one lives in me greater is he than that's in me than any uh virus variant that's in the world and we always every day we read psalm 91 and and some i'm just going to pick out a few lines from psalm 91 uh, for example, surely he shall deliver me from the perilous pestilence. Uh, another verse says, I shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. Uh, a thousand may fall at my side and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. That's the word of God. It shall not come near me. Uh, verse 10 says, no evil shall befall me, nor shall any plague come near my dwelling. And the very last verse says, with long life, he will satisfy me and show me his salvation. That's not a, a gloom and doom winter. That's that's life. But, you know, a lot of people, uh, they, they just are, are hopeless. They just don't see any any point. They don't. They don't, they don't know how to cope with, with all this negative. Well, if they would turn off the news, that would help a lot. But, uh, you know, the news is always dwelling on, on the most negative part. But sometimes people feel hopeless. But we need, as Christians, we need to know what the Bible says about our future and about what, uh, what God has for us. So we're going to look at quite a few scriptures. and uh, don't be alarmed. you cannot overdose. This is this is uh, this is a medicine that that is good for you, you, you can't take too much of it. But uh, I want to start with in in the book of Joshua. in Joshua chapter one, starting with the first verse, it says, "After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord." it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Now that, It's just amazing. Every place that your foot will tread, I've already given it to you. As I said to Moses from the wilderness uh, and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Now that is, I mean, that just excites you. Okay? And then in verse 7, it says only, or verse 6, it says, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. It's good to have the word of God in your heart and coming out of your mouth. Verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And the thing I notice here, four times in these first nine verses, he's telling he's telling Joshua, be strong and don't be afraid. Be strong, have good courage. And I'm thinking, there must be something out there that the normal person might be able to be afraid and, and not feel so strong. And it, as, I, as I was going through this in preparation, it reminded me of uh, when we lived in Hungary. Um, we were invited to speak at a, at a church out in a, a town called Cengere, which is way out in the, in the farthest east part of Hungary, about as far east as you can go and still be in the, in the nation of Hungary. And as we were going, we had just got our cell phones. And so we were, we were probably one of the last ones in Hungary to get a cell phone, but we had them, and, and people kept calling and saying, we're praying for you, okay? And they, somebody else called, we're praying for you. You know, it'll, it'll be okay. Don't worry. Be strong. We're praying for you. And then finally, after about the fifth call, I said, what, where are we going that all these people are praying for us and telling us to be strong? Well, that's when I found out that, that this town of Cengar is the capital of witchcraft in the, in the nation of Hungary. We were going into a place that was that was dominated by these uh, the spirit of witchcraft, but it, it was a good it turned out good because we were we were armed we were prepared, so uh, you know so we we know we need to be strong we know we need to be courageous we need we know we need to not give up that's that's the, really the point of this whole message don't give up don't get tired of doing the right thing. But how do we do that? Well, the first thing, you better be born again. You know, if, if you're not born again, a uh, child of God, uh, you're going to be subject to a lot of um, adversity from the enemy. And he would like to keep you not born again. But you can take care of that very quickly. Uh, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 and uh read those and and confess that the bottom line of all of it is believe you need to believe that what the word of god says is the word of god and it's and it's for you amen so uh but the thing is a lot of people oh then and the next thing is besides being born again then get filled with the holy spirit which is also an easy thing to do if you're if your heart's in the right place, if you are a born again child of God, then you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that is the, one of his names is the helper. We need help you know we we're in a in a place right now in in history where I think we've never needed more help, but we've got it it's there for us if we take advantage of it yeah. and and then you know, there's there's a lot of things we can do, but a lot of people are born again. They are spirit filled, and they still feel like they're they're weak and defeated, and and you know, I'm not as strong and victorious as I as I think I should be, as the word says I I I ought to be. Well, there, there are a lot of things. First of all, if you are born again, um uh, be a doer of the word not just a hearer be a doer and brother hagen used to say act like the word is true you know that's that's a good thing to do in james chapter 1 verse 22 james says be doers of the word not hearers only deceiving yourselves wow you know deceiving yourselves is, it doesn't even have to come from outside um, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19 says, If, if one of the most uh, <laughs> overlooked words in the whole Bible, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Now, Some, tra- some translations uh, say you'll eat the best of the land or uh, the good things of the land will be yours, but it's, it's good if you're willing and obedient. A willing and obedient heart is a, is a heart that's open to faith. A disobedient, stubborn, unwilling heart, is uh, that'll just slow your faith down. It'll hinder it greatly. Um, Matthew 6 and verse 33. Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. These things are the things that we need to survive in in daily life. Uh, God loves us and wants to provide those for us. Um, One of of the areas where some people have a hard time really uh, grasping is submitting their lives to the truth, the truth. Truth is the word of God. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth. uh, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Submitting to the truth. Truth doesn't change. Truth is, truth is truth. There's no, you know, you hear people talk about, well, this is, this is my truth or that's, that's your truth. No. There is truth, and there is only truth. It's, it's, not, uh, it's not subject to change. Um, and noticing that John 14, 6 didn't say, I am one of the ways, I am a way. There's only one way. And, and Jesus even said, it's, it's a narrow road, and not many people are going to be on it. So it's, it's, uh, it takes some commitment, it takes some, some submission on our part. Um, you know, another part of that is, as a Christian, I can be respectful to people, but I don't have to honor and, and participate in things that are contrary to what the Bible, uh, the Bible tells us, the biblical values. Uh, you, you hear a lot of people nowadays saying, well, Jesus taught love and acceptance. And it sounds really good, but that's not what Jesus taught. Now Jesus is love but he taught he talked about the kingdom more than anything else. He talked about it so much that his disciples thought hey it's coming probably before the end of the week. Uh and and for sure within a year we the kingdom is going to be here, but he he talked about the kingdom and he talked about repentance. You know, he he does love you, but he 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 tell people Repent, go and sin no more. Don't do that anymore. You know, but people say these things because they want you to kind of embrace their, their ungodly lifestyle. And it's wrong. You don't have to do that. Um, but, you know, in, in being willing and obedient and submitting to the lordship of Jesus, you're also submitting to the truth and obeying the truth. Jesus is the truth. The word is truth. Satan is a liar, in case you didn't know that. He's the father of lies. Um, But the truth is not always easy to take. I know that for a fact. The truth isn't a lot of times what your flesh wants to hear. Um, And the truth can upset your plans, can upset your lifestyle, it can upset your theology, if you really are are willing to check into and and embrace the truth. But if Jesus is your Lord and you're willing and obedient to Him, it means you are submissive and obedient to the truth. And we need to establish in our deepest, deepest heart um, that I love the truth more than I love the things that I want. The truth the truth, you know, I, I talk about this a lot. I, it's, it's the truth versus facts. There may be a fact, it may be a fact that there's pain in your body, that you've been attacked somehow. That's a fact. The truth is God's word. And the truth says, by the stripes of Jesus, I was healed. That's the truth. Go with the truth of the word of God. Um, Let's look at another one. The Bible says here in John chapter 8, uh, verse 31 and 32. I'll lubricate first. John chapter 8, verse 31 Jesus, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples, and ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Now, the truth, the word is the truth. Jesus is the truth. But it's the truth you know that sets you free. And I always add to that, the truth will set you free, but it might slap you around a little bit first. Um, That's what happened to me when I uh, found out that the Mormon church was not the only true church in the world. It is not a true church. As good as it looks and uh, the the wonderful programs and things they have, it's a different Jesus than the Jesus of the Bible. In fact, they believe that the Bible is true as far as it's translated correctly. So there's a problem with the Bible in the Mormon church. Um, but it's, uh, you know, 44 years ago, I met this woman, Marta, and uh, I, was, I was coaching and had to go into a sporting goods store where she worked uh, to get my coaching outfit for game day for the football games. And uh, we met, and It's it's a long story, I'll really shorten it, but uh, that's how we met 44 years ago and the the one thing that she had stipulated was that she would never marry anybody unless they were a christian and i thought that's great because of the two of us that would be me cuz here i was a member of the only true church and you you would be a good mormon if you only knew the truth well i started going to church with her and in their lobby they had a little rack of of pamphlets and tracts and things and they, they had a lot of these things about Mormonism. And so I sneaked some in my pocket that I was going to study and turn this whole church in Logan, Utah into, into Mormons and uh, probably have to take that cross off the church and and you know put a steeple like a good Mormon church would have. And so I started to study. I study with real intent because I, you know, I, these people knew the Bible. I knew nothing. I was, I always felt like I needed to, when the children were released, to go to children's church, I should go with them, you know, because I didn't know a thing about the Bible, but I started learning. and I started reading and I started studying and, and the, I did not find what I expected to find. Because I, I went through four years of Mormon seminary in high school. I should have known better. But I, it, the more I studied, the worse it got for me, at least for what I thought I was going to find. I had to come to the point where either I had to admit either there is a God or there is not a God. That's the bottom line. Is there even a God? If there is a God... He's not the God of Mormonism. And so I made a choice. It was, it was a hard choice. It was probably the hardest decision I've ever had to make in my life. Because I was one who was born and raised in the Mormon church. A lot of people you meet that come out of Mormonism were converted to Mormonism and then found out some of the teachings, and so they left. I was, from the time I was a baby... I was told this is the only true church. All others are an abomination to God. That would be, that would include this one. You know, well, you know, you don't have to be very smart to avoid abominations to God. So, uh, you don't even listen to anything else. So it was a decision that, uh, I had to make and it was, it was hard. And, and a lot of people, uh, who see that the Mormon church, not only is it not the only true church, it's a church based on deception. And, you know, they, like the old saying is, people who are deceived don't know they're deceived, Of course, they, or they wouldn't be deceived. So, uh, anyway, that's a little bit of my experience about how how the truth kind of shook me up a little bit before I, uh, but I'm so glad it did now. Now I, I know who I am, I know who Jesus is, and, and I know where I'm headed. Um, another thing that, that will help in, in preparing us to face a new year and to be victorious in it Romans 12 2 do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind That's I had a lot of mind renewing I had to do to come out of the Mormon church um, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God so Another thing, God gave us weapons. Ephesians 6, uh, verse 11 says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That's, that's what we're facing, the wiles of the devil. And 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Where are those strongholds? They're, they're right in our mind. That's where Satan does most of his work. That's where he's most effective, is, is playing, getting us to play with, with thoughts. Um, but, you know, people hear all this, and especially if you've been born again for a while. Now, I know this doesn't apply to anybody sitting here in this church, but you might know somebody that might need to know some of this. But, uh, you know, there are people that say, well, Pastor Dan, I. I know those scriptures are in the Bible, but still, uh, it just doesn't seem like it's working for me in my life. I'm I'm still, still not conquering the way I should conquer. I'm not more than a conqueror. I'm less than a conqueror right now. Well, for most people, the breakthrough that they need to get into that next level is right under their nose, literally. So I'm going to say... Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. That's where it is. Um, look at James three two. James chapter three verse two says, "For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble, or maybe your Bible says offend in word, in word, he is a perfect man, able to also to bridle or control the whole body. Perfect here means." mature, uh, fully developed, but it, and James goes on to talk about how you can control a horse with, a, with a, a bit and a bridle, and how you can control the direction of a big ship with uh, just a small rudder that controls the direction of the ship, and the whole point is if, if you don't like the way your life is going, if your life is going down the wrong road, Turn the wheel and, and get going. And, and your tongue is that steering wheel uh, to, to, for, uh, for the direction of your life. That's how you change the direction of your life is with words. Yeah. And people hear that. Oh, words, words, dude, words don't mean anything. Words mean everything. Um, Proverbs 18, verse 20 says, A man's stomach shall be satisfied from the fruit of his mouth. From the produce of his lips, he shall be filled. Increase and victory starts in your mouth. So does uh, defeat and poverty. What, what comes out of your mouth? What are you prophesying over yourself, over your family? Um, you know, maybe you don't have anything in your pocket, but you can start talking increase right now. In fact, that's the best time to do it is when it looks like it's it's not uh, you don't have anything. What you talk about will will pull you to it. Now you can you can go to uh, success seminars and pay hundreds of dollars to hear some guy tell you these same things, maybe in a different way, but they're biblical principles. You become what you think about. You, you become what you talk about. Where You, you gravitate in the direction of your, your dominant thoughts. That's why people don't go anywhere because they, they say one thing this time and say a different thing another time, and it doesn't, it doesn't get you anywhere. You need to be consistent. Satan cannot handle consistency. So increase. Victory starts in your mouth. We should never talk lack. We should never talk about how how hard are. oh things are so hard. This year was so hard. Next year will be even harder. That may be a fact, but does it line up with the truth? The the you can change that. Um, the world talks that way all the time, and it and it's so common that it just it seems like well. People don't even notice it because everybody does it. And some Christians talk the same way the world does. But we're not doing that, are we? Okay, one of them said no. (laughs) We're not doing that, are we? No, No, there we go. Okay. Um, You know, Christians shouldn't talk that way. Don't talk about what you don't have. Don't talk about what you don't know. What I can't do. uh, How hard things are. Talk faith. Talk increase. No matter what's going on around you, you can still be blessed right where you are. And people, people might uh, see that and, and think, boy, you must know somebody. Well, yeah. You can say, yeah, I do know somebody. And you can know him too. Here, let me introduce you to him. Um, we're in Proverbs 18. Look down at verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. What we allow to come out of our mouths is a matter of life and death. And, and people scoff at that, but it's, it's the truth. Um, our words should, should be building up, should be edifying, and, and should build up people who hear what we say what comes out of our mouth should minister grace to the hearer and that's important because the grace of God helps people Um, you know with enough grace you can get anything God says when I speak it never comes back to me empty it always does what I mean for it to do we're made in his image we are speaking spirits. We are a spirit. We, we live in a body and we have a, a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. But we are overall a spirit. That's who we really are. And we're speaking spirits, just like God. That's how he made us, in his image. And, and we have the ability to choose words and speak them as, as God did. Um, And our words should be able to accomplish what they were sent to do, and that is helping people. Um, But you can never have just the right thing to say as long as you keep telling everybody what you think and how you feel. Because that's, that's your flesh rising up. We need to start thinking about what do they need to hear and what will help them. And then wait and study how to answer. Now, that probably won't happen instantly, and I'm still working on it. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not just a, a simple, easy thing to do if you've been speaking the negative, wrong things your whole life. You, you build up habits, uh, build up those strongholds that need to be torn down in your mind. Uh, uh, in the book of Job, Job had a, a rough spell there, but most Bible scholars say that that, that period that Job went through of, of that real nasty time was probably around nine months, not more than a year for sure. Now, that that sounds like a short time, but when you're the one going through something like that, you know, a couple of weeks can be forever. But uh, people, people don't understand Job and, and do need to understand that even though Job had some bad things happen to him, it was Satan who attacked Job. Uh, and we do not that's, that's a whole separate teaching we, we don't have time to get into, but Satan caused the storm that killed his children. That, that took away his his uh, wealth and his livestock, and, and now his health is attacked. And he's, he's covered in boils. And he's, I mean, it's a, a, such a pathetic picture. He's there scraping his boils, scraping his sores with a, a piece of broken pottery. Just uh, awful things. But there, there are a lot of lessons we can learn from Job, especially what he and his friends said to each other because um, we 're talking about the, the the things that the power of our words and uh, well, you know a lot of people that teach job point out and then, and it 's true job never cursed God in all the things that he went through he never cursed God, but he cursed everything else you know he cursed the day he was born he he cursed this and he cursed that um, in in job uh, Job chapter 7, verse 11. He says, therefore, I will not restrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. So if you want the results Job had that he went through, there you go. Just speak out what's going on. And uh, God corrected him on that. And this is a whole wonderful teaching that we won't get into right now. But Job had these friends that came and visited him. Now when they first came it says they just sat there on the ground with him for for days didn't say anything. Now that was wisdom. That was the right thing to do. But after a while they they decided uh, well we need to tell him what's really on our mind. And so they started to to tell Job and they had this debate going on for chapters where where they were saying, "Job, you really you, you need to examine your heart because you must have really Done something bad because God is punishing you for this. Now, Job is the oldest book in the Bible. It's you now there are other books that tell a, a different, an older story like Genesis, but Job was the first one recorded, and uh, we have no reason to, to know that they even knew about Satan. There was they they didn't everything that happened to them that must be God because God's all they knew. But they were accusing him, saying, you, you must have done something really bad for God to do this to you. And, you know, I, I can identify with that because back years ago, I was having problems with my knee. And uh, I was I was suffering. Man. It was it was painful. And I was limping and and um, confessing that by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed and had surgery and it got worse. And uh, just miserable and people were talking i wonder what pastor dan he's he's had to have done something really bad for for god to let him go through this and you know i it's probably my own fault that it took as long as it did but god did heal me and and right now i have a hard time even remembering which knee it was that was that was bad but it's it's healed god healed it um but that, you know, people like to criticize. Um, and and Job was being criticized by these people, and, and he comes back and talks to them. You know, a lot of times if there's a problem, uh, we don't need to talk about it. If somebody's going through a hard time, even if they've made some mistakes, uh, you don't need to go tell them, well, I can see you're in a real mess. God must be really punishing you. No, don't, don't do that. It's, it's easy for others to j- go in and, and criticize the obvious thing that's going on. For me, it, w- it was obvious that something hurt, but it never came out of my mouth. And, and I was, uh, the only thing that I would say was, you know, now, Brother Hagin says you can have doubt in your head as long as you have faith in your heart. And that's, that's where I was. I continued to say by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I, this pain has no right to be in my body, and and it left anyway. Um, faith doesn't talk about how things are. Faith calls things that are not as though they were. Man, yeah. it's it's interesting too that after. I don't know, what, 38 chapters of of uh, this argument, this debate going on between Job and his friends. In verse 38, or chapter 38, uh, it says, then the Lord, verse 1, then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? In other words, God listened to this whole thing for, for all these all these chapters, finally he said, yeah, I can't take it anymore. You guys don't know what you're talking about. And that's what, that's what they were, words without knowledge. You know, there's, there was a minister whose wife died at an early age. And uh, some people meant well, tried to comfort him by saying, well, you know, if she'd have had enough faith, she could have pulled through this. Um, that didn't help him. That that's that that kind of thing do, isn't going to help somebody at a time like that. What if she had lacked in faith? So so uh, first of all, we don't know what someone else where someone else stands in their level of faith. But even if it was true, how did that statement help him? And that's what we need to, to be examining. How can we? What can we say that would help a person at a time like that to strengthen him and, and helping through that, that time of grief? That's a hard time for anybody to go through. And until you've been where somebody else is, um, gone through what they're going through, sometimes you just need to be quiet and, and ask the Lord what it is you might be able to say to, to bring comfort, to help them out. Um, you know they're they're already under attack. You don't need to 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 aggravate the attack. Um, the Bible says not to to let any hurtful thing come out of our mouth. Only what is good for building up or edifying. Um, another thing I want to look at real briefly is is when Moses sent the twelve spies into the promised land, Numbers thirteen fourteen and and on but Moses sent these 12 spies out and told them to go in spy out the land see what it's like and uh, and it says in uh, in chapter 13 uh chapter ver- slow down in chapter 13 verse 25 it says they returned from spying out the land after 40 days and further on it says they brought back word they didn't bring back uh, selfies with the giants or, or you know, use their cell phone. They brought back word. They also brought back clusters of grapes that it took two guys to carry on a pole grapes and figs and pomegranates. It was a land flowing with milk and honey, as they were said. But they said, verse 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak, those are the giants, you know. They're big dudes over there. We can't go in there. And uh, verse 30, Caleb, had, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let's go now. We can do this. I'm paraphrasing. This, they, they're, like, they're bread for us. They're, uh, we can do this. And they just shouted him down. And and in verse 33, the other the other spies said, Well, we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak come from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. And I always thought, What kind of spies are they if they let them see them? You know, they, they went in there and and uh, let the you know, how do they know these giants are so big and bad? If they, if they, they're just going by what they thought was in their own mind. They, we call it grasshopper vision. Don't have grasshopper vision. And so, it says they complained against Moses and Aaron. And they, they, it says we'd have been better off to die in the wilderness. You brought us out here, or to stay in Egypt. You brought us out here to die in the wilderness. We're just going to die out here. You got us out here. You're going to kill us. We're, we're dead. We're going to die. We're going to die. God heard them. God heard what they were saying. And by the words of their own mouth is how God judged them. And so they they had to spend 40 more years. It's interesting. I mean, they rebelled all the time. Every every time something happened, they rebelled. Got to do a miracle. They'd get them through. They'd, they'd complain again. So they, they get to the... Uh, to the promised land and say well we're not going in there's giants over there walled cities it's bad and uh, so god told moses okay tell them they're going back out into the wilderness so moses told us, and so the, the the other the rest of the people said, okay well we're going now we'll go we 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 see where we're wrong we'll go well now god's not with them and and they decided to go and they got they got beat up bad when they went in there so um they uh the 10 spies had an evil report and Joshua and Caleb they remembered the covenant and they spoke out we can do it let's go and and it's interesting to note that if you if you read on how how they uh, Caleb got his mountain and uh, that his his strength was was uh, after at 85 his strength was like it was at 40 I like that scripture. So, um, anyway, so in John chapter 15 and verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Why? Because his words in your mouth have great power. His words in your mouth. That's why it's, it's good to, to quote Scripture. To um, There are certain things that we say every day that I'm blessed coming in and blessed going out. Everything our hand finds to do prospers. We read Psalm 91 twice a day, really, um, morning and night. Psalm 91 was our first insurance policy when we first got married, Psalm 91, and it's, it's served us well over the years. But listen, it's, it's not just, saying something that you pull out of the air like, yeah, I believe I'm going to have $10 million before uh, sundown. Well, first of all, you don't believe that. It's not going to happen. Uh, you'll, you'll never become a person of powerful words by playing games with it. It's 100% about believing something, believing in your heart, believing that when you say it, it happens. It's not a toy to play with. And it but it it has to come from a consistency with the words you speak, the renewing of your mind, being consistent, not giving up and doing in doing the right thing. Um, Most people though just whatever crosses their mind comes out their mouth. Um, God needs some people who understand who they are and that that we are created in his image. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession, of what we say. Um, he needs somebody that will agree with him. That's why our words should agree with what the word of God says, not with what maybe the traditions of our past have, have said. Um, It gives him something to work with. God doesn't work with death words. That's that's what the enemy does. Um, God worked with life words. And here's the deal. We're talking about the truth. The truth is Satan is defeated, Jesus is exalted, and the cross was sufficient to, to give us victory in everything we've ever, we'll ever need, we'll ever face. But we have to believe that and walk in the light of it and don't give up. Don't grow do, weary in doing the right thing, doing what's right. And like I said, brother, brother Hagen used to say all the time, act like the Bible's true. Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your word. Lord, your word is truth. Lord, we stand on your word and we believe your word. And we, Father, we speak your word. So, Father, thank you that uh, the word has been planted in hearts today. We declare that these are good hearts, good soil, and your word is bearing fruit in, in our lives. Thank you for it, Father. We just bless you and honor you and worship you. In Jesus' name, Amen. amen. Thank you so much. God bless you.